Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sam Pets Radio. Australia's coolest. Podcast Network. Hello, everybody. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, we're going to roll with it. I don't know why I did that. No do-overs. No do-overs. Hey, welcome to All the Small Games, a podcast about indie games. My name's Andrew Levin. And singing. I'm Jonathan Valenzuela, and it was good to be here. I like had my eyes closed the whole time I was doing that for some reason as well. It was like my soul escaping or something. <laughs> that was the look ma, no hands of podcast intros. <laughs> Um, hey, oh. so uh, this is a podcast about indie games, and today uh, we're going to be talking about a few of them. Uh, I, myself, will be talking about a game called Wonderboy, Asher in Monster World, and another game called The Wild at Heart. John Valenzuela, oh. how about you? Me? I am super excited to talk about my games today, because I have had an awesome time playing them this week. I am talking about an airport for aliens currently run by dogs... <laughs> which will from now on be referred to as the dog airport game great and critters for sale perfect this is gonna be a very fun uh, episode to write the title for because it's going to be about 40 40 words long yeah just call it the dog airport game um even <laughs> the, dog even airport the creator episode. of that yeah even the creator of that game was like just call it the dog airport game why did i give it this stupid name so before we uh, uh, yeah. get into reviewing, um, it's time for a little segment called News that I s- s- like sc- scrunched together in the five minutes before we yeah. start recording. Um, we could start with some bad news that um, I feel like you may have predicted a long while ago, John, but I only just realized that it, no one's talking about it like the, that, that like Australians usually go off when things like this happen. Uh, but uh, a game that we really were looking forward to playing on Switch, you've already played it on PC, uh, it's called... Um, Sludge Life. Um, it's the Devolver Digital game. It has been banned oh, it for release in Australia. You can't play it because yep. there's drug references in it. Um, and yep. we've we've since signed the podcast. We've had this with Katana Zero, another Devolver Digital uh, published game. We've had it with the console release of um, uh, Disco Elysium, which just got overturned. So um, my co-host um, on HeyFam, Angus, just finished that last week on PS4 Five. Um, oh, hell yeah. We're still waiting that that switch release, which I'm sh- I'm sure like every time they try and re-release it on something else it'll be re-banned. 
yeah, they'll ban it again. But now we have yeah, Sludge Life, a like pretty like odd, tame looking uh, first person graffiti simulator has now been pretty much has has now been banned uh, for for, for classi- you... refuse classification in Australia. I believe the official terminology is. You can take um yeah there's there's a part in the game where you take mush you can you can if you choose to take mushrooms and sort of fly around in a in a bit of a drug haze which can be useful for like scoping out areas where you want to go but once the drug trip is finished I think from memory you're returned back to where you started but, I mean so it's hardly the first game to encourage that the character takes mushrooms to fly around like the yeah. most important <laughs> fucking video game character. That's his main <laughs> thing he does. Like, I don't know. Like... Imagine, imagine if the government retroactively banned all Mario games. I hate. I, I, I never thought I'd say this, bonus. but I think they should do it. Like all or nothing. Mm. <laughs> Ban all of Mario because at least that will create the uproar we need, so that Australian games classification finally just fucks off forever. Yeah. Ban I mean, I'm, Mario I'm games, you cowards. Because... <laughs> Retroactively ban every Mario game. Ang- angering both the Japanese and Italian governments. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I wonder if it's going to be one of those things. Because a lot of time with these bans, it's because the, the developer has, has submitted it through like the automated review system, which tends to be a bit more like, nope, you guys are banned. You can't, you can't sell. But then when they appeal through actual humans which is what disco elysium did oftentimes the band will get overturned yeah i mean katana zero did too so devolver obviously have and i mean i don't i think you you still can't play we forgot another one um uh hotline miami 2 is that that's still not available in australia right yeah and mother russia which is another like fairly brutal beat-em-up uh that's banned for good in australia on console i believe just why, you know, I say it every time we talk about this, but why have an R18 rating if you're not going to use the R18 rating? And for these, like, niche games that, like, you know, teenagers are not going to be like, oh, fuck yeah, let's spend $17 on this first-person weirdo art game made by a rapper yeah. who hasn't put an album out that anyone listened to that was under 30 in, like, a decade <laughs> and a half. <laughs> Yeah. Not only that, but if they do wind up buying that game, as if they're going to immediately be like, where can I buy some shrooms? <laughs> totally. How how can I mirror this game in my real life? So that's the bad news. Yeah. Hopefully that gets overturned pretty fast because I want to play it on Switch the way it, the way I should be pl- allowed to play all games. Um, and, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I really like Sludge Life. It was on my top 10 last year. I think it's a really fun, really interesting and weird game. Yeah, and look, like uh, Disco Elysium and Katana Zero before it, this game is still available for purchase in Australia if you just get it on Steam. So, yep, yeah, it's it is it's so stupid that all these things happen because they want to release it on consoles too. <laughs> I, I, if I worked I at the, Steam, uh... I don't know if I'd be like happy that my that like games would st- stick around on my uh, on my platform, or if I'd be like like fucking notice me. <laughs> like how hard how yeah. hard does it take for you guys to notice us? Um, it's funny, I got the press release for it because it's been on Epic Games for like the last year. It had Epic Games exclusivity. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, it was also free on Epic Games. That's right. And so for the, they're like, we're celebrating our Steam release by selling it for full price for the first time. Of course. <laughs> like, cool. Thanks, Devolver. I wonder if like um, at some point soon, like uh, publishers are going to be able to talk about what it's been like working with Epic Store. Has it been 
because there have been a few like notable indie games that did have that exclusivity window. I mean, Hades, of course, is the big one. Um, yeah, of there course. was a, there was an exclusivity um, I mean, for for Epic Store. Pres- presumably, Epic are kind of bending over backwards a little bit because I think Steam has been a bit of a mixed bag for a lot of developers. So maybe Epic are sort of responding to um, criticisms that developers have had of Steam. I mean, a lot of there are a lot of there's a category of Steam complaints that are like. I tried to release my game where you're an incel that shoots blonde women and Steam <laughs> banned me. How dare they? And it's like, well, you know, fuck you, buddy. But um, yeah, I'm sure there have been, there've been other issues that maybe Epic are addressing. But yeah, I think Epic's only really been operating for like a year and a half, two years now. So I think it's, I think it's two years now. But yeah, no, totally. You yeah. would think, I, I, I thought it would be, they'd become more of a um, household service given how you know f- big Fortnite is. But I feel like Steam just have their foothold in the in the market so much more than than Epic expected, I guess. Definitely. Uh, what other news we got? Um, there was a good, massive good news. We, we're about to have a ton of news. Next week is going to be mostly news, I imagine, because e e three starts this weekend. Um, and uh, I mean, I haven't even looked at the schedule. There's so many different things. I'm hoping that like I, I just. I don't know if I can sit through a bunch of weird online conferences. Uh, I mean, I know I will, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm hoping mostly just people just send me the good trailers. Um, like our good friend Chloe Cade did uh, over the weekend. Uh, Chloe is yeah. in the All the Small Games uh, Discord, and they sent through uh, a ton of trailers and uh, Steam links to a almost six-hour-long indie live expo um, hosted on YouTube over the weekend in Japan, so a almost six hours worth of Japanese indie game trailers and 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 music uh, shows. I, I skimmed through the video; it was enormous. Um, and uh, yes. Chloe very thankfully put through a ton of incredible looking games uh, in our Discord. The one I'm most excited about is uh, called uh, Transirubi, um, which is about it's mm-hmm. like a Metroidvania in which you can play a character called Sirubi. Um, and the coolest thing about it is that it is by the developers of um, Kamiko, which was a one of the launch games on the Switch in which you played as one of three different characters. And I guess the idea was that you finished this quite short game um, as all three different characters. It was really, really cool. Gorgeous pixel art. And uh, looks like this uh, new game has very similar aesthetics. Um, great, great soundtrack too. I actually recognize the... It's very similar music to Kamiko um, almost instantly watching this trailer. That's called Transaruby. That's what I'm looking forward to the most from this trailer. But from this uh, showcase, uh, if you are in our um, if you are in our, our, our Discord community, definitely go uh, search through all of Chloe Cade's posts because there are there's some amazing stuff there. And some very confusing and weird stuff too, which is awesome. There was also, on top of the Indie Live uh, video, there was uh, Gorilla Collective... Yes. Did their kind of showcase. That was only four hours long. Just four so hours. a little just just a casual four. But um I, I did a quick skim through. I basically did what I'm gonna do with all the other showcases over the next week, which is if any anytime someone's talking, skip, 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 skip. Just go trailer <laughs> to trailer to trailer, basically. Yep. Uh so I did like a, a super I did a speed run, the Gorilla Collective showcase. Um, and here are the games that, that popped out at me. This is a very sort of like, I haven't gone back. Generally, I like to like put together a short list and then go back, look through, look through trailers, see a little bit more and and really kind of get an idea of if I, if I'm into the game or not, haven't done that this time. I did this yesterday. I'm at work. 
I just this was as quick as possible. But here are the titles that really stood out to me: uh, The Eternal Cylinder, Ruby the Wayward Mirror, um, Industria, Chernobylite, El Paso Elsewhere, and I, I'll stop for a second to shout this one out because this is the upcoming game from the guy that made. A, an airport for aliens currently run by dogs. Cool. And it looks really cool, like a combination of uh, parts of control and Max Payne. Like it's got that bullet time shooting mechanic coming back, which sick. Um, Eldorand, Yinglet, that's Y N G L E T, I think it's pronounced Yinglet. Uh, Kraken Academy, Endling, Beasts of Maravilla Island, Fire Tonight, The Legend of Tian Ding, Lamentum. RPG Golf Legend or RP Golf Legends, which is another like golf RPG, yep. which hell yeah, can't get enough of those. Uh, and a new The Distant Light. So if you want to go and Google the trailers for any of those, uh, go right ahead. I imagine someone I might like sit down, pen, in, pen in hand, like exhaust, like slow down, man. <laughs> yeah, just re- pre- hitting that back thirty seconds button over and over again. I might, I might. Tonight, at some point, hop in the Discord, post all the trailers that I really liked. Um, just, just you know, another reason to join our Discord. Uh, head to patreon.com slash games and join us there. But um, yeah, there's some really cool looking stuff in there. Uh, but I'm super excited to have E3 just a couple of days away. I love, I looked at the schedule and um, so Ubisoft are doing their conference called Ubisoft Forward. Mm-hmm. And then directly afterwards, Devolver are doing theirs, and it's called Devolver Forwarder. It's <laughs> great. So good. I saw that. I was just like, God damn, that's so good, guys. Uh, uh, and of course, Devolver always bring the thunder at E3. They've got like they've been building up some insane narrative through their showcases over the last couple of years. So I'm really looking forward to seeing like what blood drenched madness they get into this time. And of course, the games that they will. Uh, They'll showcase. So uh, if, if, if four hours of the Guerrilla Collective showcase wasn't enough for you um, this weekend is past, they are doing day two on the 12th um, this weekend. So another four hours of indie game trailers by Guerrilla Collective. Hell yeah. Uh, obviously there's the Devolver showcase. Um, there's so many, there's so many showcases. Um, yeah. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully we get some great announcements. Um, it all wraps up. I mean, the... Nintendo one is going to be on the 15th, so the 16th our time. When will we record next? Look, uh, it, next Monday. So E3 oh, is no, not, Monday's... E3 may not even be over the, by the time we record, but we'll see. I think the fifth, the 15th is when we record because it's a public holiday next Monday. <laughs> yep. Uh, which means the Wednesday... Uh, I mean, maybe we even wait till Wednesday so we can get the Nintendo Direct in. Yeah, totally. That's a good idea. Great, great idea. Yeah, but... But looking, I've got the I've got a um, schedule here. So the wholesome direct is going to be three a.m. Sunday Sydney time. Gorilla Collective is one a.m. Sunday Sydney time. Uh, there's the Tribeca Games Spotlight, which I'm curious about because they'll have a few indies in there. Uh, Devolver Forder is six thirty a.m. on Sunday. Um, These are all Sydney times. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is all Sydney times. There's, I mean, Xbox and Bethesda have their showcase three a.m. on Monday, which will probably have a pretty big ID at Xbox section in it. Mm-hmm. There's the PC gaming show, 7.30 a.m. Monday, which tends to have... You'll have a bunch of indies in there. There's the future games show, uh, 9 a.m. on Monday. Um, 
and you know there's there's a ton of like there's a ton of little stuff happening and you know Annapurna Interactive will be in there WB Games etc then Wednesday 2am is the Nintendo Direct Showcase so it's it's gonna be just we'll have so many freaking games to talk about unreal so good Um, I love it I love it I love talking about indie games those are the indie games of the future though let's talk about the indie games of the now um, John, uh, I want to talk about Wonder Boy, Asher in Monster World. I, believe I, that's what it's I called. want to do that. Let's do that. Uh, so I've, uh, I've I've spoken about a few of the Wonder Boy series um, games on the podcast. Uh, speaking of the the Switch launch window, one of the games that launched that that, that launched when the Switch did, alongside uh, Breath of the Wild, Kamiko, One Two Switch. Um, in that time where there was like six games on the uh, on the eShop, that glorious time. Uh, one of the games was called Wonder Boy and the Dragon's Trap. Um, let me just pull it up and tell you who who, who put that one out. Uh, but that w- itself was a um, a, an updated version of a Master System game, uh, because yeah, Wonder Boy is a uh, a long long time Sega front franchise, beloved franchise from the eighties, um, and uh, yeah, Wonder Boy: The Dragon's Trap was a port, a very or a remake of the nineteen eighty nine Wonder Boy three: The Dragon's Trap, and okay. look, the, 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 this 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 franchise is like you know Wonder Boy games you, you play as like a little dude that can that often like transform transforms into other into other uh, animals um, and that allows you to it's almost like a metroidvania where like the animals give you powers that allow you to access areas you weren't to you weren't able to earlier um after that we got um monster boy uh, was it monster boy in the cursed kingdom which was like a spiritual successor um to to the wonder boy series um it's like a follow-up um, and that came out um, in 2018, I think. Um, and I've been, I was playing that this this earlier this year, and um, realizing I slept on it the year it came it came out, and really enjoying it. That game totally follows the blueprint of like you're, you're playing like this young knight who uh, t- turns into a pig, then he turns into a snake, then he turns into like a lion, all kinds of creatures that you can turn into a frog at one point. Um, and I thought that's what Wonder Boy games were like. You were just like this dude. Who uh, who turned into animals, and and that was the end of that. Uh, so imagine my surprise when straight away a game called Wonder Boy uh, features Asha, who is a female warrior, um, so not a Wonder Boy. Um, and uh, not only that, but she does not transform into animals in this uh, in this game. Uh, this game is a remake of a Mega Drive and Sega Genesis game. Um, and it it's un- unlike the um, the last two games I mentioned, the other Wonder Boy games, which were very like um, beautifully animated two D animation. This takes on like a more three D approach. Um, and okay. yeah, so um, this came out in nineteen ninety four originally. It's just been um, redone uh, by In In Games um, from Japan. Uh, so you're developed by Art Dink um, and uh, and published by In In. Um, and this is a game where, yeah, you, you play as a princess uh, with a sword and a big green ponytail that looks makes, that reminds me of Shantae. So every time I hit attack and she doesn't whip her ponytail, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, she has a sword. Um, huh. But but so that the, the bulk of the, of the of like my early experiences with this game um, 
it's just her and a sword and you don't really get, you know, you have one jump and so you're just jumping and hitting things with your sword. There's no dodge button. There's no roll. There's no run. There's no double jump. Um, it's very, very simple um, platforming. Uh, but then you get into like a kind of hub world where they play with uh, like 3D space a bit. So you're not just going left and right. You can also go forward and backwards. And there's all kinds of like weird things to discover in this town uh, by like going straight or like, you know, going forward or backwards as well as left or right and t- finding these different paths around um, temples and, 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 and stores and things like that. Uh, eventually you meet like a, a queen and she's like, you must conquer the four realms of, you know, some typical adventure game nonsense. Classic. Um, and you have to find the vault in her castle. And when you get the vault, you get this thing that will allow you to go to the first realm. And you also get an egg and you put the egg in a fountain and then you get this little flying creature. Um, and this little flying creature completely changes the way you play the game. Um, you basically hold onto this flying creature, which allows you to do a double jump. You can also hold onto it as you jump, you jump for further and then you even float down as opposed like slowly floating down instead of falling straight down. Um, and, uh, it, you can also use it to solve like pretty simple puzzles in the in the game. The game feels in the same way that Wonder Boy and the Dragon's Trap. It definitely feels like a, a beautiful looking version of um, of a very simple game from the past. Uh, there are lots of mechanics that you expect from um, modern games that are just not seen in this game. And I'm pretty I'm pretty forgiving when I play an old platformer when like you know there are certain things that I would expect a character to do that they can't. Um, however. John, this game yeah. uh, features a, uh, a great new feature where you can pause the game at any point and save. Um, so, oh, nice. Which is great. Totally cool. Um, uh, but I, uh, I had a really long session after like having a couple of short ones where I um, pushed through. I beat. I went through like this, like the first um, realm and, and beat both the bosses. And then I made my way through to the second realm. And um, uh, you have like potions that like, you know, if you, if you die... Um, mid battle, you, you, you know, your little flying creature pours the potion on you, and then you awaken with six hearts or whatever, and uh, you you can then keep fighting the fight. Um, and so cool. I uh, I was just like, oh, this is great. And so I got all the way through to um, the second boss, not realizing that the second boss has a second phase after I thought I'd destroyed them, uh, and then it got up and just absolutely smacked me around, and I died. And then it said game over, and then the only Whoa. option was load last save. Now, John, I'd been playing for two and a half hours, and I had not Fuck. saved. <laughs> Shit! So all that progress was just completely lost, and it just felt like oh. like what a weird thing. Like at no point does it warn you, like, hey, if you don't save and you die, you will go back to your first save point. Like there aren't like benches that you can save at or things that you like. You know, there's no auto saving in it. You just have to manually really? save. Oh. Um, oh. That's annoying. So Checkpoint that, system. That was uh, my, my, my great afternoon of gaming. Put to waste yesterday afternoon. However, um, I had just... The, the sad thing about it is, I, I, you know, after like a couple... After, you know, half an hour of kind of going, oh, yeah, this is pretty fun, I guess. I got really into the game and really got good at the combat. Really enjoying the, like, different things you can do with this flying creature that you carry around with you. I, I grew to really enjoy the, the, the visuals, which are like, you know... At first, I was I wasn't sure after getting these beautiful cartoon um, animated uh, games in the in the previous Wonder Boy games I've played. This is very much a like kind of three D like two point five D I guess you would call it um, graphics. Okay. Um, but they, they I grew to like them. I, I quite like the visuals and this. It's very colorful and sweet. Um, uh, there's 
all kinds of strange choices. Like whenever she opens um, a chest, she like lean toward leans to lean towards the camera, and it takes like three seconds of like wiggling her butt as she opens the chest. Okay, <laughs> very Japanese um, fan service. Uh, she's wearing like very loose loose baggy pants, yet it's not like you know it's not as butt tastic as you would expect. Still though, you know you know she thickens beneath them pants. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the, uh, the, the some of the platforming challenges are, are quite fun. Uh, a lot of cheap deaths, kind of cheap, like you know, cheap getting hit by like fireballs flying every which way. The enemies sure. um, are pretty fun. There's this great thing where like every depending on what the weapon you have, every you basically power up your weapon so that you can like hold down one of the triggers and then strike, and then you deliver like a, a like a, a a blow that's like four times as powerful as your regular blow, so you can take on enemies in one hit. Uh, cool, cool little mechanics like that. Um, cool. But I don't know how long it will be until I uh, forgive this game <laughs> um, and, <laughs> right, and pick yeah. it back up again. Uh, it is a game that I would like to beat this year, but um, uh, just look, that's a warning to anyone that, that has started playing it or plans to. Make sure you save the, your game a lot because uh, it's, uh, it's very, very frustrating when you, when you have to go back and, and do the entire game again. Lose all your progress. Sure. Ain't nothing worse than that. I will, ad- I will admit I, um, I, was, I was just getting my kind of like doing my little bit of research on who developed the games I'm going to talk about while you were while you were talking and I tuned out for a second and when I tuned back in you were talking about the flying creature and you're like you can use it to do a double jump and you can you know you grab this flying creature and you can extend your jump and you can float and I was like are we talking about the pathless again <laughs> I wish I was playing the pathless that was a game that respected my time True, true. All right, so uh, I'm gonna let's let's introduce a bit of uh, interactivity, Levens. I got my two games to talk about. Which do you want to hear about? Which do you want me to do first? Um, I have been just gagging for news about this airport ran by dogs game. So please, hell yes. Okay, so an airport for aliens currently run by dogs, aka the dog airport game. Uh, it is developed and published by one man who goes by the name of Strange Scaffold. Uh, his name is actually... Uh, hold on, I had it here a second. It's Zalavia... It's like Zalavia Johnson... Zalavia Nelson Jr. Um, he made the Dog Airport game. He also did uh, El Paso Elsewhere, which I talked about earlier. Uh, but he was he did the narrative for Hypnospace Outlaw and Skatebird. Oh, oh wow, cool. So the... Yeah, the dude is kind of like, the dude is, you know, low-key indie legend. So, it's currently available as well. I'll, I'll do the consoles it's on, because it's on Microsoft Windows, and it's also on Xbox. Oh, shit. So, if if you too feel like visiting the alien for uh, Airport for Aliens currently run by Dogs Levens, you can. Do you think Archie would like you this game? I think he would. I think he'd enjoy it. Has he played many first-person games? Uh, we played Slime Rancher. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. No, I think I think you would. I think it's it it definitely has a ton of charm, and I've not really run into anything that's too like no one's used no one's there's there's no drugs to take in this game I've found so far. Hence it being released in Australia. <laughs> but um, so an airport for aliens currently run by dogs starts with you waking up in a cage with your fiance. And your fiance is kind of like, are you okay? You got hit in the head. Is, is your memory fine? Let me tell you what's just happened. So you had been planning an engagement party with your fiance. And to cater the event, you hired 
Cage Dog, the dog who loves cages, who knocked you out by dropping a piano in your head on your head and then trapped you and your fiance in this cage. She kind of gives you a bit of a rundown of like, well, you know, I need to get back to work. I'm I'm a researcher working with R and Dog. Um, how about you hop out of this cage? Uh, you know, you you get out of this cage, you go for a bit of a wander around, and I'll meet you in this airport, and she'll tell you a place you have to go. You then, to you know, kind of start wandering around this airport that you're in. And the airport, like, the graphics of this game are very, very simple. It's very kind of simple 3D models. Uh, the dogs you talk to are all stock image dogs. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all stock image pictures. They're not actual models of dog or, dogs or anything. The only character in the game I've found so far that's modeled is your fiance. Um, anyway, she'll tell you where you need to go. You then need to find a, a, a ticket dog who will give you a boarding pass to get to the airport you need to get to. The thing is, the boarding pass is written in an alien language. So this is one of the puzzle elements of the game is you kind of need to wander around and find signs and compare signs against what's written on your ticket to try find the gate you need to get to. Um, and throughout this, you're kind of, you're exploring these airports. There's lots of shops in these airports. So you're going in and you're visiting the shopkeepers. There are lots of pedogstrians wandering <laughs> around. Of course uh, there are. And each of, them will, each of them will have something funny to say. And the further you get into the game, you start getting a variety of these pedogstrians. So there'll be ones where it's like, a photo of a dog with like crudely 3D modeled buff arms on either side, and they're called Pabuffstrians. There's ones with elf ears called Pedelfstrians. There's Penoirstrians, and they all have fedoras on and stuff like that. <laughs> and each of them, when you talk to them, they have like a little flavor text that speaks to kind of what dog they are. When you find the gate that you're trying to get to, um, you obviously need to present your boarding pass to the boarding pass dog. And then there's bribe dog and bribe dog will not let you on the plane until you give him a bribe. And the bribe will be him going like the first, the first flight I took, he was like, I've gotten so many bribes. I need something to keep them in like a filing cabinet. And thankfully I'd gone to a store earlier run by a dog who collects filing cabinets and to help him out, I took one of those filing cabinets away. So I had it in my inventory and just gave it to him and boom, I was on my flight. That's great. So the gameplay loop is essentially you arrive at a new airport, you find your fiance, and every time you find your fiance, you have this like really nice bit of dialogue that kind of contrasts the surreal absurdism of the rest of the game of her talking about like as as you as you go through these conversations you kind of find out that like you are the only two humans left in the universe and so like the time of humans is finished then there was the time of aliens which is also finished now it's the time of dogs hence why all these airports are being run by and populated by dogs but you have these conversations with your fiance and she talks about how you're the last two humans in the universe and how like she talks about why like when she knew that she was in love with you and all these really nice kind of like semi-romantic conversations. She was like, I, I knew I was in love with you when we realized we were the last two people in the universe and you didn't automatically assume like, ho, 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 let's repopulate. You continued to actively try to woo me essentially or court me. And that's when I knew. And I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. That's, this is a lovely little, like nice little interlude. 
But you talk to your wife or you talk to your fiance and she'll be like, okay, I've got to get back to work. How about you meet me at this airport next time? So you then go off to find the right ticket gate, get your ticket, work out where the next gate is, find bribe dog, find out what he wants you to bribe him with, etc., etc. Um, I, I'm currently in an airport called the Marinara Trench, <laughs> which is kind of this these these like peaks surrounded by red liquid. And all of the dogs I talk to are like, yeah, that liquid's marinara sauce. It's definitely not blood. Why would you think it's blood? Don't think that. And like, you know, it's reaching the point where I'm like, mm, I'm pretty sure this place is surrounded by blood. That's weird. Um, as, you, as you work through the airports, the shops repeat themselves, essentially. There's only a set number of shops. So you kind of like, you know, you don't really need to go in again to each shop. It just repeats the dialogue you've heard before, mm-hmm. which honestly is fine because it's kind of like I'm on my third airport now and it's streamlined my investigation. I no longer need to stop in at every shop to, to, to talk to everybody. I can now just roam around, find my fiance. There are... Um, uh, sort of wandering around, or not wandering around, but throughout the environment, you can find uh, sort of special dog characters, and sometimes they're not even dogs, who give you little quests as well. Um, so I, I ran into a cat, an artist cat, who uh, was super angry at being kicked out of a gallery for destroying other people's work. And he wants you to find something... He wants vengeance, and so he asks you to find something that will make him super stinky so he'll make someone vomit at the next art opening they go to. It's just... It's super weird, but it is so charming and so funny, this game. Like, I have laughed out loud. I have several times gotten the attention of my wife to tell her about something that's happening in this game. And she does not care about games at all. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I understand that and I respect that. But if it's really funny, I, I go like, look, I need to tell you about this. This is so good. Wake up. Wake They're, up. Yeah. It's shaking her awake. You know, she's exhausted from breastfeeding. But it's like, you need to hear about this. Um, there's there's a skateboard shop run by a dog called Chad Shakespeare. <laughs> There's like, you know, there's just all these, you know, all these like funny, strange things that happen in this game. I am loving it. It's one of those games that that reminds me why I love indie games. Because in no, like, you know, triple A's or whatever, nothing like this would ever happen. But here is this strange, wonderful, beautiful little game made by one guy, clearly a passion project, that is just... So much fun to explore. The puzzles are fairly simple. Like, the deciphering the alien language is really not that hard. You can, like, look at your boarding ticket and go, like, okay, my gate is at what looks to be B3. I just need to find signs with B3 on them and follow them. Mm-hmm. So it's not a taxing game necessarily, but it's just so fun to wander around this airport, talk to all the pedestrians you run into, find these little side quests... I am just having so much fun with it. I recommend it to anybody with a, a PC or an Xbox. Dive in and give it a try. Yeah, fantastic. I think I, I think Archie would really get a kick out of this. Yeah, it's not, I mean, if it's goofy and funny, having just finished um, mm. There Is No Game, I think that's a great thing to, to go to. We, uh, we have... Um, I think we, might, we need to stop playing um, uh, Tiger Trio's Tasty Travels. Um, Okay. How far did you get into it? Uh, not a lot further from where I left off, but just because I was like, I need to, I need to 
get into the games I'm going to review this week. Yeah, uh, it's really, really great, but um, I'm too dumb for this game now. We're at like right. uh, the, the eighth world, and oh, look, shit. I can fudge my way through enough to progress to the next to the next world, I guess. That's kind of what I did with, with the seventh part. Um, but because I'm, I was baffled last week when I looked up this game, trying to find like, you know, a playthrough. No one's done a playthrough. There's... No one's playing this game. It's a brilliant puzzle game, and I feel like so weird. It's like there's not a single video, even the trailer, like a review, all these kind of things. No, not a single thing has gotten over a thousand views on YouTube. It's very, very surprising considering how much polish has gone into this beautiful little game. Um, anyway, I, friggin' criminal, absolutely criminal. But um, yeah, uh, Archie is definitely better at this game than I am, <laughs> which is humbling. <laughs> Uh, yeah sure uh but his brain just works but it's very you know like he said it's it's programming and logic and um i'm i'm a big dumb creative brain boy so um it's uh it's it's tricky for me to to be good at this game but uh i guess i have a little math nerd who uh, who rocks at this kind of game but uh did um did did bianca come to accept it as a as a um an example of how games can be educational. Oh yeah, she loves it. Like we, we and we played it with some friends of ours that came over on Friday, and like the, their kids, their parents already liked it. Spread the word, everybody. This is a magical game. Yeah, it's very very cool. Yeah, um, both both Dog Airport game and Tiger Trio's Tasty Travels. Let's get some street teams going. All the small games fam, get yeah. out there. Get out there and do it. Um, also, I want to uh, enlist the help of everyone listening because usually we would um, cut to a commercial break now um, at the halfway point between our reviews. Um, but I thought I would offer a commercial break of our own um, because uh, there is something very important that we should um, support. It's in the indie game world and it's for a good cause. Um, last year, you may remember when we shouted out the um, itch.io um, BLM Black Lives Matter um, indie games bundle. Uh, it was five dollars for like hundreds upon hundreds of indie games, which are just now just in my library, which rules. Um, uh, Rami Ismail, who is uh, one half of Vlambeer, the um, excellent uh, uh, indie game uh, developer and publisher, um, he has uh, put together a um, a big bundle that's over a thousand games and and soundtracks and books through itch.io um, for five dollars, and all proceeds of it go towards humanitarian aid in Palestine, which I think is a very yeah. um, important cause for us to support and i hope everyone listening feels like it's an important thing to support too uh it's five dollars it gets you thousands of games i've been like just kind of like slowly scrolling through it as we record and jotting down some of the games that i know we've spoken about on the podcast i don't reckon i'm even halfway through the list of everything you get but i've found pikanuku minute Gunhouse, calico mini metro luna nuclear throne vvvvv cook serve delicious too um, so some Ooh, real, yeah. real heavy oh, hitters in there. Mm. Oh, that, I know that that was your least favorite one, wasn't it? True, but very important cause. Yeah, but I mean, I think everyone should just. I mean, we we've lived through a year where you don't know what what your weekend is going to do to you because everything might get cancelled or you might be stuck inside. Nothing better than the amazing surprise of having thousands of games in your library uh, on itch.io. So I um, I just reckon even if you like. Even if you don't think you'll play them, put five dollars towards this amazing cause, and um, and I guess you know show off what a what a thoughtful and cool community um, us gamers can be. Sometimes uh, I'm de- I'm donating Definitely. I'm donating right now. It goes for the next four days. I'm going to put the um, going to put the list of uh, I'm going to put the link in in the show notes. 
Um, and uh, so go go check it out, itch.io, and uh, and do it for us. And, and tell us which games in the bundle, if you do have time to play them, are the ones that we should be checking out. There's some amazing looking, weird little games in there uh, that I'll definitely try and uh, speak on next week. Um, so it'd be it'd be cool for these giant itch itchio uh, charity bundles if they include a little program with them that like you'd hit a randomized button and it would serve you just a random game you haven't played before from all of them. Yeah, totally. Little uh, little thought for developer. Any developers listening out there, make it happen. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so uh, that's it for, for, for that very important community announcement. Now let's hear some words from our sponsors. Hey, thanks, sponsors. Um, I'd like to think that uh, all of the um, proceeds from our sponsors this week are going to Palestinian aid too. Um, let's talk about some more Hopefully. games, John, um, because uh, I played one of them. Uh, my goal, my aim for this week was to fit, to finish um, Asha in Monster World, um, but after yesterday afternoon's crushing debacle, uh, I decided to devote the two hours of game time I had today to a brand new game that just hit Game Pass. Wow. I have not played much of my Xbox Series S, I have to admit, um, and considering it is one that I pay off monthly via my phone bill, I get this like pang of guilt, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm paying that thing off, but I don't really play very much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But Archie, go play the Xbox. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, make yourself useful. <laughs> beat, beat my Tetris effect scores. Um, but a new game came to Game Pass last week, an indie game uh, published by Humble, Humble Games, who I think their track record is like very, very strong. Uh, at the very least, their games are always incredibly well polished. Um, yeah. I mean, we've obviously enjoyed like Wanda Song. Um, what was the map one that I liked heaps? Um, there was it's yeah, a, there was one release the other day that that I was like, hey, wait a minute, this one rules. Um, oh yeah, Void Bastards is a humble bundle game. Had in time, uh, I can fell, Slay the Spire, wow. Wonder Song, Carto. Carto, that's the one I was thinking of. Carto, sure. For Dis- Tocco- Disco Elysium is technically really that seems weird. That doesn't that doesn't seem right. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, heaps of the the great great track record. <laughs> So they have a new game that they've just published. It was um, developed by a Portland-based studio called Moonlight Kids. Um, and the game is called The Wild at Heart. And at the moment, I believe this game is only available on... Yeah, I think it's only available through on, on Xbox. Well, maybe it's available on Steam too. So yes, you're right. It is Steam Steam and Xbox. And I guess Windows through Game Pass as well. But it's it's if you have Game Pass, it's on Game Pass. Uh, and so cool. um, I downloaded it today, thinking, oh, you know, I'll I'll I'll, I'll open this up. I, you know, I've seen the art style of this. I, I, I could vaguely remember a trailer that I saw on it ages ago, but I'd forgotten everything about it. Um, it's this very cool um, children's book esque kind of artwork, um, and you play as this kid called Wake. And the beginning of the game is you gathering your supplies and leaving home. And this uh, your your dad is what's. Uh, like a drunk shithead. <laughs> um, so you, right. you, there's no, there's no love lost uh, when, when Wake uh, leaves his house for good. Um, he's meant to be meeting his friend Kirby, but Kirby never shows up in the woods. That they've chosen to meet at before they run away together. Oh, and no. while crying, um, he, uh, Wake gets spotted by this strange little creature in the woods. And so naturally he follows the creature deeper into the woods. Um, and he comes across another human who lives with these little creatures um, and yeah, I mean, basically like, to begin with, it's, like, it's, it's, it's this cool kind of like isometric adventure game where you're like, kind of like walking through the woods, you have a vacuum cleaner that, um, 
that you can use to open up like you, you like you know spin a fan around and it will lower a gate that kind of thing those are the kind of puzzles that you have at the beginning of the game and I was like oh yeah this is fun like you know the the my dad sucks narrative is pretty heavy-handed but like it's pretty enjoyable and sweet um, outside of that um, and I, I was like yeah this is this is like a good game cool and then I got further into the woods and the the, the, the human I met is like whose name is Greycoat even though the, our mate, the, the wake points out that he's wearing a, a more greeny brown color and gray coat goes oh right. they were talking about a different coat <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the right the writing is on the writing is on 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 a jv level for sure um Sweet. and uh then the guy's like oh that little creature is like i can't remember what it like a spritling or something like that see if you can find more and then and they'll be able to help you like help you get make your way around and find stuff and then i was like wait a second is this Yes, this is the indie Pikmin game. I completely forgot that, that this is the game that's, oh. that was inspired by Pikmin in which you basically like find or create these little spritelings and then you collect a whole bunch of them. They follow you around while you, while you play and um, you, you use them to like, you know, lift up stuff in, in the world, get past gates, um, collect things for you, break stuff, fight enemies. Um, and I'm like two hours in, I fucking love this game it's so good um it's it's like a in part simplified but then like i mean like pikmin i, I guess i say simplified because i've played two pikmin games to completion i know how complex they get but i guess i'm i'm, I'm owning in the early game of this so it could get considerably more complex but as like a kind of an introduction to like a real-time strategy genre this is really really fun um it's a great adventure game so uh, like i said the writing's great the visual style of it is this like kind of like cardboard cutout children's book style that really works? You're kind of like walking through like this like um, eerie woods that, and some of the creatures are like these weird like plant based kind of alien looking creatures. Very cool. Um, there's some cute stuff in it. The soundtrack is wonderful, like so good. So many good songs, um, that just like earworms that get stuck in your head as you play. And like I think tons of backtracking as you um, get the ability to like you know keep more of the spritelings on you at all times so they can lift heavier things and you can get, get break, break into like kind of new, new walkways and stuff like remove obstacles, that kind of thing. Uh, this is a really quality game, man. And, uh, I can't believe more people aren't talking about it, but hopefully. The art kind of reminds me of, uh, nights and bikes, that double fine game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like last year, almost South park in a way how it's like, you know, a bunch of shapes moving, together as opposed to yeah, like a properly animated that's, thing that's really nice um, cool anyway sorry yeah but like, i uh, look i'm only a couple hours into this game i was only gonna have like a, a little dabble before talking about it in, at length last next week but you know, i ended up spending a couple hours on it and uh, i really love this game this is definitely going to be the game that i'll be prioritizing um uh to try and finish i mean sweet dreams me but uh uh nice dreams nice. What, what is it what's the, what's the term when you're like good for you idiot sweet dreams <laughs> means good night like nice dream dream on you, dream works. on dream on bu- because dream on, buddy. ratchet and clank comes dream out. on white boy uh ratchet and clank and that uh, nintendo uh game builder garage game comes out this this friday so they will be taking a lot of my time up but look hey it felt good playing an xbox game again i love their ecosystem of like just like t- constantly giving you like you know the, the the notifications that you get when you've done an achievement in a game um, I get them like yeah. I, I get it 
on the screen and then my watch buzzes because the, the app i guess is on my watch and it's like hey you got an achievement <laughs> i'm like oh cool like that weird like little like dangling the fruit in front of you kind of vibe but um yeah it was imagine imagine if they added it you know those little circles you have to fill on your watch for like fitness yes they add a fourth circle that's like how many game points have you earned on xbox today i'm sure there's an extension oh. for that that'd be hilarious um yeah <clears throat> Yeah, I uh, was... No, I mean, like, obviously Humble comes with a level of quality, but this game is really cool. And uh, Pikmin games are great, so we're not going to get a new one anytime soon. So definitely, everyone, check out The Wild at Heart. It's on Game Pass now. I imagine it'll come to other consoles eventually, but um, if you have Game Pass, you've got no excuse. Yeah, exactly. It's basically free. (laughs) Uh, So, on to the final game of the episode. And... um, this this is a game I've been looking forward to for a while. I think you gave me the first heads up about this game. The game I'm talking about is called Critters for Sale, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, yeah, I think you, you sent me a link to it on Steam. Like the first the first kind of episode was on, on Steam ages ago. And you sent me a link to it and I immediately like grabbed it and downloaded it. Um, and then uh, one of our listeners in our Discord, uh, Tony Tran... He posted the link for the full game, and I was like, oh, hell yes, let's get into this. This is dope. So Credits for Sale is, again, um, mirroring the first game I talked about. It's developed by one person who goes by the name of Sonoshi. So he both developed and published it. It's only available on Microsoft Windows God uh, damn and, it. And, and Linux, but the less said about that, the better. <laughs> So you're the only person that says the says the L word on on this podcast. Yeah, I just talk talk shit on Linux users. If you're down with the penguin, I do not rock with you. Um, all right, so critters critters for sale is how best to describe this. Have you ever heard of the 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 urban legend that is Polybius? No. So Polybius is this video gaming urban legend that that the, the urban legend started in the 2000s and it was about an arcade machine in the 1980s that like supposedly the government had developed and were using it for like psychoactive testing on people and you know all these people on message boards are like yeah we used to have one of those arcade cabinets in our arcade back in you know back in the 1980s and like men in black were always tinkering with it and like getting data on what happened and the people that used to play it would get like They'd have mental health issues and they'd go insane and all this kind of stuff. Critters for Sale feels like that kind of game. It feels like an urban legend game. Like the sort of thing that people on message boards would be like, yeah, man, they developed this, like this game was developed in the 1990s and the guy who made it went insane. And when they checked the code, it was written in a language no one understands. And the company that published it burned down afterwards and all this stuff. Like (laughs) it is such a surreal bizarre unsettling experience um the game is split into five chapters each named after a critter so there's like snake goat monkey dragon and i think rat um the the game takes the place it reminds me very much of like old games that i used to play on my apple macintosh back in the 1980s Everything happens in a window, so there's like a the main window is your view, like it's first person view kind of thing. Uh, the window underneath is where like dialogue will pop up and options that you can choose. Uh, for some reason, the like a, a, a section on the on the left will have like your location, what year is it, and what the temperature is for some odd reason. Um, 
And you kind of like, you interact by clicking on your view screen. So like, there'll be a door, you can click on the door and it'll come up in the dialogue section and be like, do you want to go through this door? And you can choose yes or no. You can click on people to talk to, all that kind of stuff. So that's mechanically how the game works. The, the, so the, it, the, the, the narrative of this game is kind of split into these five separate stories that, that kind of reference one another and kind of don't. The sort of over-narrative is about these, <clears throat> these figures called Noid Men who are kind of like almost like paranormal agent provocateurs for Satan who are trying to bring... Satan's reign into the world, but there's a sort of war going on between heaven and hell, and it's it's very confusing. You really need to play the game to get a good idea of what it is. I haven't finished all of the stories yet, so I, I can't like I can't categorically be like this is what it's about. The first story, for instance, takes place in New York in 2033. Mm-hmm. It begins with you. You're asleep at home. You get a message on your phone at 3 a.m. from Michael Jackson telling you to come to a local club. And so you can either, like, you can choose to ignore the message, in which case you you go back to sleep and then it's, like, through text it tells you, like, your room gets super cold and when you wake up there's a figure standing there and the figure winds up, like, choking you to death. Uh, and then it's like, you died, or you were killed, and then the game goes back to the main screen. Because part of what this is about, three of the stories have multiple endings, and so you're trying to like discover all the endings in it. Mm-hmm. And some of the endings result in you dying, and some of the endings result in you living, essentially. Um, so yeah, in this first story, you kind of go to this club and have this weird experience where you meet Michael Jackson, and Michael Jackson tells you that you've known each other for ages... And then he does a dance performance and one of the Noid men appear and kill him. Uh, and then the Noid man is like, you remember me, right? And you're like, yes. And then it's like, cool, let's go fuck shit up together. It's like, all right, what is happening in this game? And there's like one point where Michael Jackson is like, you, like you're like, you Sergei Volkov, right? And you are, but you can choose to go no. And Michael Jackson's like, I'm fucking sick of your shit, Sergei. And then kills you <laughs> by, ch- by like chopping your head in half down the middle. Uh, so there's that one then the, then the second story takes place in the the Jordanian desert in 1932 and it's you and this guy trying to find a cave and weird shit happens and one of the in one of the endings of this story you become the front man of death grips <laughs> Which is just I've been I've been looking online to try figure out if the frontman of Death Grips signed up to be in this game or something because there's like a minute long performance when when you reach this ending of a Death Grips song with video of them playing this song live and I'm just like you can't just steal something like that and throw it in your indie game and expect to get away with it kind I of thing. I reckon go for it. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I mean, if you can survive Michael Jackson's estate, I'm sure that the guy from Death Grips probably doesn't have as much legal power. So like, those are just an example of two of the stories. There's another one that takes place in New York at a, at a casino where the end of the world is about to happen and it's populated by aliens. There's another one that takes place in Morocco where you're attending... You're, you're like a, a teenager with your, your, your cousin who's a kid in tow and you're going to go watch this kind of religious ritual take place 
Um, I just started the fifth one, which takes place in the House of Reincarnation. So I kind of need to figure out how the fuck I wound up there. (laughs) The whole game is done in this, like, black and white one-bit style that is used to, like, supremely great effect with some of the, like... Some of the way that that this Sanoshi guy manipulates the graphics of the game, like... It can be really unsettling at times. And even like the character models that he's used, like he's clearly taken photos and then manipulated them, particularly in the um particularly in the casino story, which supposedly there are all these aliens from Mars and Neptune wandering around. Uh they're just really off like he's he's edited these photos to be really kind of off putting, not in a like not in a kind of Cronenbergy body horror kind of way, but in a like sex doll kind of way i think <laughs> like that kind of like it looks equally human, upsetting. But lifeless yeah that's great yeah equally upsetting speaking of speaking of which there is an ending in the casino one where you save the world with spicy food like there is there is very clearly an odd sense of humor at work here that i really really appreciate um i did it's and it's really interesting actually because as i as i was thinking my way through this through my review for this episode there was there's a part in the casino level where you need to buy a key off a guy and to get the money to buy the key you need $60,000 to get the money to buy the key you go and play these slot machines they're not really slot machines they're more like cognitive function tests so like one of them is a series of words will flash up on screen and you need to decide if you haven't seen this word before or if it's a repeated word from earlier in the test right and you know you kind of go through a series of levels of that there's another one where it's there's a, a grid of nine squares and the squares will f- like individual squares will flash individual squares will flash up one after the other and you then need to repeat the pattern in which they flashed up kind of thing. Right. That's what I mean by cognitive tests. Sure. Two of two of the tests however, one of them is a reaction test where you need to press a button as quickly as possible when the screen turns white. So I managed to blunder my way through that one by just kind of trying to guess when the screen would turn white and hitting the thing. And there's a th- you need you need to hit a threshold. You need to get like 180 milliseconds or below to win the prize. There is another one, however, called the aiming test, which is where ten circles will flash up on scr- on the screen in random places. You need to click them as quickly as possible. Now I'm playing on my laptop. I have a shitty trackpad. I could not pass this this casino this this slot machine test to save my life. I could have gone and grabbed my mouse. I could not be bothered. I probably had to feed Olive at the time or something along those lines. <laughs> but it left me thinking like, you know, what about what about gamers who have issues with their mobility or issues with hand function or issues along those lines? Like it's a big it's a big topic in gaming at the moment, accessibility, making sure that your games can be enjoyed by everybody. And I was sitting there going like, mm, this this doesn't sit well with me. This is an accessibility issue. And it seems like a bit of an oversight on the part of the developer. Anyway, I woke up this morning thinking like, I want to get into that fifth story before I record today. Just get a taste of it. I was like, maybe I'll finish it. And then I got started playing it. I'm like, no, nah, this is big and complex. I'm not going to be able to do that. But before I started playing, Steam updated the game. And when I went into the game again, there's a new option on the main menu, which is tips. And so the tips are like, oh, look, if you double click on a door, you won't have to go through the text about choosing whether to go through it. You'll just go through it immediately. 
There are like you can use these buttons to increase or decrease the 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 music in the game, and then one of the tips was if you're in the casino and cannot beat the slot machines, press the plus button to automatically add money to your account. And I was like, fuck yeah, that's that's the issue I was pondering over yesterday. Completely solved. That's super the accessibility cool. yeah, issue is gone. That's that's rad. He must have been like potentially taking feedback from the audience and is making these updates as quickly as possible. So I was really impressed by that. However, one of the stories, as I was wandering around, I needed to fall I needed to solve a fucking sliding block puzzle to get through. And I was like, ah I fucking hate these things. Stop putting them in games. They are the worst. This They're one the worst luckily, of all puzzles. Yeah, this one luckily was not too bad because each of the blocks was marked with a number, so I just had to get like it wasn't like having to interpret like, oh, where does that block supposed to go? I knew where it had to go. It was just a hassle of trying to rotate blocks around and get it there. Thankfully, as I normally do with these puzzles, I just fell into the solution by accident and was like, cool, done. That bit, that bit of the game's done. Let's keep moving. Um, it's it is such a weird and cool narrative experience that is shot through with. Moments of genuine tension and really, really unsettling moments and moments that are really funny as well and, like, strange pop culture references. Again, like I said with, you know, Dog Airport Game, it's just another example of, fuck yeah, I love indie games. I got to have this experience that if if gaming was just controlled by major studios, I would not have been able to, to, to play this thing, essentially. Yep. This is another game that if, if you have a PC, I think I paid, I'm in Australia, I paid like 14 bucks 50 for it. Well worth your $14.50. Such a strange and cool experience. I, I highly recommend going in on this. Yeah, unreal. So good. You should, you should definitely, to get an idea of what I'm talking about when I, when I mention the, the graphics for this game, check out the guy's Twitter. It's at uh, S-O-N-O-S-H-H-H, Sonosh. Uh, he's he's posted all these kind of screenshots and and gifs of of you know maybe not stuff that's in the game. It's not stuff that I've necessarily seen yet. Some of them are from the game, but just these gifs that 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 give you a good idea of this weird, unsettling aesthetic that he's created for the game. Yeah, cool. I um yeah. I, this kind of reminds me of um the World of Horror game that came out last year. In- yeah, definitely, definitely in that in that vein um and very similar in terms of like how you control the game kind of thing i think the world of horror one was was two bit in its in its graphics this is like straight up black and white and takes more of a sort of like photo collage approach to to the graphics as opposed to a, an a, an anime or a manga aesthetic mm-hmm. but um yeah that's that's definitely a great comparison yeah, um, sick. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they they allow my, me to play it on my on my pleb uh, Macintosh computer. Sure, that would be neat. Um, yeah, sick. We'll bring it to Xbox. Oh, that's true. Yeah, hopefully do that. My my pleb Xbox Series S. Um, <laughs> hey, that's all of the games that we're going to talk about today. Extra long episode for you. And uh, John, what are you doing Thursday lunchtime this week? Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be recording a uh, Game of the Month Club episode about Stanley Parable. The long overdue Stanley Parable deep dive is going to be recorded this week on, uh, on in 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 this world. <laughs> yes. um, so if you're like, oh man, they're not going to put up a new episode of all the small games until next Wednesday, 
Um, I can't wait that long. What you should do is go to patreon.com slash all the small games, join our Discord community, listen to the already uploaded um, deep dive into Bastion, Bastion that we did a month and a half ago. And then look forward to, uh, at the end of this week, we will upload the very, very good, I'm, I'm, I'm calling it, very, very good deep dive into Stanley Parable, a game that I, we've both been replaying this month and a few others in our Discord have been too. Um, and uh, we'll, off the back of that episode, we'll announce the next game of the Month Club game now that John John's schedule is a little more workable. Um, we'll be able to do more. We actually, both of us came up with an idea for another bonus podcast to do each month for our patrons, and that is a all other media podcast so all, we'll call it... all the other things i think we called it yep that's right um so yeah all the other things we'll uh we'll we'll, we'll try and do that regularly too once a month uh, because yeah john and i i mean you probably know from listening to us talk about it we're big comic book nerds and more importantly animation nerds and i feel like all my other podcasts I, they don't talk about animation enough and so uh an, mm. an, an excuse to do that with john once a month very exciting uh, so yeah, patreon.com slash all the small games. Come up, pledge your support. Five bucks a month gets access to all those cool things. And if you pay $10 a month, we'll sing a song about you on our podcast. Um, and if, you've, if you've listened back through previous episodes, you will have heard one, two of the songs we've done so far. And they were... Um, Bangers. I think we won, both, uh, we won both a Grammy and a Latin Grammy for them. Yeah, absolutely. We earned both of those. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, patreon.com slash all the small games. Um, we'll see you next week for our big E3 bumper episode. And, uh, if you don't have the time to play any games in the next week, look up the latest, uh, like 15 minute long play of uh, a game that we've been talking about since the podcast started called Sable. Um, IGN have just uploaded Ooh. a, um, like 15 minute long play gameplay trailer. Uh, it Amazing. looks sick. Have you watched it yet, John? I haven't, I haven't. We'll look forward to that. We can talk about it. Hopefully we get some Sable news at E3. That'll be very cool. What's already... Oh, they've already said there's going to be no Silk Song news at E3, yeah. I think. Take the time. You want it Depress- to be... We want it to be perfect. It's fine. True, but even show up and be like, we're taking our time to make it perfect. And I'll still be like, woo! The graphics on that announcement are amazing! Sure, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you want to see something. Uh, yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, anyway, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week. See ya.